Welcome into another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. We appreciate you spending some time with the show. We have a special guest tonight, Jason Baker. And uh, JB, what a time to be alive as a sports fan, man. The NBA gets tipped off uh, this evening. We're in the middle of the Major League Baseball playoffs. Of course, NFL underway. Just a lot of good action uh, going on, and that includes um, a premier high school matchup in our area this coming Friday night. Yeah, it really is, Clay, and uh, it's a game that uh, for us, um, I think since the schedule came out and the redistricting of opponents came out, it's a game that we've anticipated uh, highly, and uh, I would say, you know, for it to finally be here, it's uh, pretty surreal, to be honest. Um, We've had some marquee matchups covering the Hornets over the last uh, certainly few years, but most of them have all come in the playoff format or in a non-conference slate. Um, And so for this to be in a district opponent and to have Columbia on the schedule and and to be billed as what they are, and uh, certainly for the Hornets to be, it's uh, playing as well football as uh, that you could expect right now from the Hornets. Um, Yeah, makes for for a pretty awesome uh, Friday night, this coming Friday night. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. I mentioned Jason, our our special guest, if you've listened to the Popperville post-game show or to our Popperville broadcast, he's no stranger uh, to you. He provides color analysts, also sideline duties for the Popperville broadcast. He's the voice of the Lady Golden Eagles at Southern Miss uh, Basketball. He also handles the play-by-play duties for the ESPN Plus Southern Miss football uh, broadcast, but um, he's an insider, certainly to the Popperville program. And so, uh, JB, you've already kind of started down that road, and we'll get there. On today's episode, we'll have your interview with uh, Coach Beach and then also a cool look inside of what Austin Riley has done for the Braves lately as we ran down his high school baseball coach. He certainly put enough skins on the wall, but I asked him for this episode, could could he be labeled as that? And he was gracious enough to be uh, kind of labeled as um, Austin Riley's former high school coach. So we've got a, a, a cool episode in store. I really look forward to hear what uh, Coach Beach has to say. He's a, he's a quiet, soft-spoken, uh, steady guy. So He's not going to say really anything that maybe makes headlines, but he'll inform um, our listeners as he is a straight shooter. Let's start there, JB. You've made mention of it throughout our broadcast, but maybe not on this podcast. I've labeled him as steady. How do you think that helps uh, Popperville in the way that they've grown this program and been able to maintain such a high level of play? Well, I'm a firm believer that teams mimic their coaches' demeanors. Um, what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you have a coach that's a roller coaster of emotions, good and bad, right? So, like, um, that rides the waves of big games or, or maybe um, tough losses and, and kind of hits to the pits, I think the teams play that way. And you describe him as steady. I, I don't know that there's a better adjective for it. That's Jay, right? And um, I think guys like you and I uh, will have the ability to uh, hype this game up, play this game up, and and make it what you know what we see it as, which is just such a a huge moment. 
Um, for Jay Beach, it's going to be another district game, and he treats them all the same um, as he should. And, and I think his team mimics that. And you look across their consistency, look, this is a team that's 23-1 and in October um, since 2016. Like, that's steady. And, and that's him showing them the way of we're going to play the same way each and every Friday night. And so um, his tone will be just that on that sideline. Like we're not going to try to come out here and be anybody we're not, and we're not going to try to play above our heads or, um, you know, we don't have to. And uh, I think that tone will be well-received from his football team. And, you know, it's not anything that he'll have to do separately it's just what he does each and every friday night and, and responds that way and his team will respond for that for that reason yeah we've seen him win on the road in big games we've seen him win at home in big games and boy what an october number uh you threw out uh there we started with the popperville staff so let's flip over and look at the Columbia staff. There's not a household in the state, I don't think, that has more wins than uh, the Builderback household when you combine what Chip has built and, and maintained there at Columbia. And then, of course, his wife, Missy, and what she's been able to do at Jones College with their women's program. Just, um, just incredible when you look at, at this couple. Coach Bilderback, uh, JB, they move up from 3A to 4A. They were in that rugged 3A district, moving back up to 4A. You're familiar uh, with this staff, but let's talk about Coach Bilderback and a little bit about his offensive coordinator and the experience that comes into this ball game. Yeah, so Chip's uh, been doing it a long time. He's been doing it well at, at a lot of different places as well. And, and this Columbia stop in his coaching career is no different. Um, you know, he's, he's turned them into a power. Um, you know, he was put in one of the toughest districts in all of 3A when he took over at Columbia. Uh, and now as they make the step up to 4A, you know, I, I don't know that I would just call our district one of the toughest, but he certainly got the most consistent program on his schedule in the Hornets. And um, so that's sort of unique. And, and big games are not uh, unfamiliar, uncommon to them. Um, they've been in some South State championship games. They've pitted against, you know, a JDC program under Lance Mancuso that's uh, one of the premier 3A teams and programs in the state. And they've had to go through them certainly – you know, as a district opponent, but then maybe twice uh, through the playoff times there. So they're not going to be – this environment won't be too big for them. This environment won't be uncharacteristic to them as well, and that's a uh, tip of the cap to Chip Builder back. He's gotten this program to those points. Um, and then, yeah, you allude to his offensive coordinator. Um, he was the benefactor of a coaching change at Southern Miss a year ago. Uh, Matt Kubik was a guy that um, – I've spoken with through my connections to Southern Miss and interviewed, and um, he's a unique character in the sense that he's been a college coach, um, to the best of my knowledge, I think his entire career. So he's been involved in the college game. He was the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. He was the offensive coordinator uh, at Louisiana Monroe, had unprecedented success uh, at Louisiana Monroe, and that's what drew him uh, to Jay Hobson's staff at Southern Miss. But uh, due to co uh, coaching turnover a year ago, that staff uh, was decimated from Southern Miss. And Matt Kubik, from my understanding, um, his family enjoyed this area. And I think he really hit it off uh, with Chip Builder back and the Columbia staff. And uh, 
uh, found his way onto the staff. So you're talking about a guy that was calling plays against, um, you know, Division One programs from a year ago, FBS programs from a year ago, and now he's, you know, calling plays um, from the college ranks. And uh, he, he'll be a guy who will uh, certainly understand the game and understand the schemes and what he's trying to do. He's um, he's a lot of formations guy. So we're going to see on Friday night a lot of mix in terms of how they line up. Um, but football is football, and, and he's got his desires of what he wants to do, whether he wants to try to throw it a little more against the Hornets or maybe he wants to uh, try to come downhill and run against them. We'll see. Uh, but he's certainly a guy that um, warrants some respect and warrants us uh, paying attention to what uh, Matt Kubik's going to try to do on uh, Friday night against the Hornets. So they will be well coached. The defensive coordinator for them is Bo Russell. He's been around the block as well. And when you look at them and them being Columbia on film, they certainly fly to the football super athletic and well coached on that side too. We know the Popperville staff, uh, Coach DeWeese and uh, Coach Beach taking on that offensive play calling, offensive uh, coordinator role. And then when you look at what Coach Acock brings to the defensive side and trying to stop this Columbia offense should be a pretty good chess match on Friday night. Yeah, my understanding, Jacob Acock, our defensive coordinator and chip builder back, the head coach of Columbia, uh, both are very, very close. Uh, I would venture to say they probably speak every week of the season, just probably not this week. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I believe uh, Jacob told me that uh, Chip, in some form or fashion, coached him in high school. Um, and so they're, they're very familiar with each other. Um, and look, uh, you know, we make no bones about it uh, through our Popperville coverage and through our um, broadcast. Uh, you know, Jacob is, has won us over, man. His scheme has been really good, and um, he, he's fit right in and stepped right in. He and Adam Johnson and John Addison Ford on that defensive side of the ball, um, they've been – you know, spectacular, and uh, there's no reason to believe on Friday night that uh, Jacob won't have this defense playing at a high level on Friday night. And usually the way, uh, JB, as you get talked about as a good coach, is you've got some Jimmys and Joes that can get after it. Both of these clubs certainly have that. When you look at the Wildcats from Columbia, they placed three guys on the Bernard Blackwell game, and then also, of course, Jaheim Otis going to represent uh, in the Mississippi-Alabama game. I was going through our broadcast, and I actually had credited uh, Popperville with the most uh, guys on all-star competition in 4A. And then when I dug around this week here, four jump out on this Columbia roster. That's Omar Johnson, Jason Townsend, Peyton Anderson, and then um, we can't go very far without mentoring uh, Otis. And then that's not to mention Josh Brown. Two for them on the roster, on the actual roster, they have him listed as quarterback, wide receiver, defensive back. Uh, they get him the ball a good bit, and he's a playmaker. And then Johnson, of course, is uh, Omar Johnson's going to get uh, a high-end uh, Division One offer. I believe he's already secured one from Mississippi State. So to say that the Wildcats for a 4A program are talented would be an understatement. Yeah, and I mean, you, you went all that and then didn't mention – well, you mentioned his name, but you didn't give her his offer in Jaheim Otis, a five-star kid who's going to be signing to the University of Alabama sometime in December or February and – yeah, the the talent, uh, it doesn't take long on the tape to watch it and to see 
uh, what this Wildcat team is about, and uh, Johnson's good. And, look, Jaheim Otis is, is good and certainly warrants a lot of attention and eyes, but um, you'd be foolish to look at that defense and think, boy, they're just – they're just Jaheim Otis. I mean, they you mentioned that they fly around the football, and um, I think they can do that with Jaheim. I, you know, he's going to take on uh, quite a few double teams, I would imagine, on Friday night. And um, we know from our side the way teams attack Khalid Moore with double teams, it frees up a lot of guys. I mean, there's there's essentially somebody on that defensive side that's going unblocked, um, and maybe two with uh, the the account of the quarterback and the shotgun from from that perspective. So uh, at times, you're going to have a lot of guys being uh, being able to run free, and then it becomes a numbers game, right? Are you running to the numbers or you want running away from the numbers? And um, this Columbia defense flies to it. And so for Poplarville, uh, you're just going to have to make a count. You know, I, I think hat on a hat is a, a pretty good stance to take on Friday night from the Poplarville offensive side of things. And for the Columbia defensive side of the thing, they want to be doing just what they've done. They average giving up about 5.6 points a game. So less than a touchdown per game is what they're averaging um, giving up. And uh, this Poplarville defense only averaging about 11 points per game. So points will be hard to come by uh, on Friday night. And uh, it's probably going to be the first defense that blinks, honestly, um, will we'll swing momentum into a corner and, uh, then you just play defensive football and try to hope that maybe one or two scores. And I know that sounds insane um, because their offensive numbers have been really, really good. But uh, my opinion, when you get matchups like these uh, with high-quality defensive opponents, they tend to live up to that billing. That's why um, most of your state title games tend to be low-scoring um, because you finally pit two really high-quality defenses against each other uh, Typically, offensive production is really tough. So that's sort of the game um, within the game, and that's sort of the game that I'm anticipating for Friday night. Um, I, I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. I think uh, you know you're going to have to you're going to have to show up and understand um, what you're fixing to go watch, and you're not fixing to go watch 40 to 40. I would be utterly shocked um, if we see a game of that nature. These defenses are just too good. When we give the accolades for the Columbia roster, you have to turn around and do the same for Popperville. We've done this on our Popperville broadcast, but it's a good place to do it here. You've got two guys defensively uh, that are going to have a post uh, postseason type All Star uh, appearance for Popperville. Khalid Moore going to represent in that Mississippi Alabama ball game. Ahmad Harmon, who is just good gracious, the rate of tackles he's putting up. Uh, for this Popperville linebacker crew has been um, really amazing. And then Connor Davis going to play in the Barnard-Blackwell uh, game as well as an offensive tackle. But uh, Popperville, this roster's no short on talent either. No, it's not. And um, actually, you know, the Hornets are the younger of these two teams that will take on each other on Friday night. A lot of the, the reasoning why they probably don't have more all-star nominations is they're not eligible because they're just juniors, like a Matt Will, like a Mark Will, guys like that as well that'll kind of slip underneath the radar on Friday night with all the senior-laden talent uh, that'll be on the field for both squads. And, yeah, this is a formidable Poplarville defense playing at an extremely high level at this point. And, um, 
You know, rarely do you get a game with two SEC commits. Rarely do you get a game with two SEC defensive commits. It's kind of unique that uh, Jaheim Otis does actually play some offense. And, of course, we know Khalid Moore does play uh, at wide receiver as well for the Hornets. But they're really not going to face each other per se. And so um, you're just going to see these two high-level defensive players and um, you know, ours plays on the edge, and we know what Khalid Moore can bring, right? He's a high-energy, high, what I would consider high-impact player. Um, he's a type of guy, and I think we've already seen this this year. Um, he's a guy that every offensive scheme has wanted to account for, whether it's blocking, whether it's running away from him. However it may be, they, they've gone to the line, and we physically have seen teams go to the line and instead of identifying a mic, which is sort of the um, norm in, in the game of football, trying to identify the mic linebacker, middle linebacker, if you will, which is Ahmad Harmon, um, instead they've gone and tried to find where seven's at. Um, and so it'd be unique to see how Columbia tries to go about it in attacking this, this Hornet defense. Um, you know, Khalid can affect the passing game. He's got – uh, six-plus pass breakups on the year. I think he's a guy up around five or six sacks on the year. Um, and then I think he's second or third on this team in tackles at the moment. Um, and I'd venture to say he's probably up there in tackles for loss as well. So he's a guy who's a high-impact guy. But I think, you know, as, as we've alluded to in our broadcast, I think the rest of the guys have been a benefactor of so much of the attention to Khalid and guys like the Tank Trotter, like a Nikhil Trotter, has, has really had a great year. Mark Will is the guy who plays opposite of Khalid from a weak side linebacker standpoint. And I think teams have tried to go to that weak side of the Hornet defense, um, and I think they found the sledding to be a little tough. I think they found that, um, you know, Mark Will's as sure of a tackler uh, as you'll find. And, and I think, honestly, from what I've analyzed this game to be coming up on Friday night, if I'm Columbia, that's where I'm going to have to go as well. I think you're going to have to try to put Mark Will in space and see if their athletes are better than our athlete and can get around Mark Will. And, um, you know, from, from a green and gold perspective, I like our odds. He's a guy that's a sure tackler and has been just really played through a pile of experience from being an everyday starter as a sophomore from a year ago. And, um, I think they're going to try to account for Ahmad, and I think they're going to try to account for Khalid, and I think they're going to try to do everything schematically in their in their game plan to get away from them and um, play this thing on the edges. To me, that's where Matt Kubik's going to try to attack this Hornet defense. I think he's going to try to get this game in space, um, and I think that that will be how he'll try to attack. That's sort of, and it's nothing new. That's that's who they've been as well against other teams is bubble screens, swing passes, um, you know, outside the hashes. I think the more that they play it inside the hashes, it, it favors the Hornets. Yeah, when you've got Josh Brown, Omar Johnson, and then um, DJ Claude for them, that's probably uh, probably right on. You want to get them one on one. Hope that first guy miss, and then they're off to the races. JB. Our listeners can find us through the MixLR app um, if they want to go audio only, but we've got a, a special treat for those listening to this podcast and even those that have followed us along audio only. Uh, what do we have in store on Friday night? Boy, don't we. We've got a great partner of ours in Donnie Pascal that owns a, 
a company called Diamond Productions. He's literally traveled this globe putting on video productions and uh, just the guy that's got an appreciation for for video streaming and for video, anything to do video uh, camera wise. And he's uh, been given the permission to live stream this game on Friday night and it will be uh, unlike anything you've probably ever witnessed from the high school realm. This guy uh, knows his stuff and he knows how to do it and so he's going to roll out a multi-cam uh, operation on Friday night um, and uh, we're going to get to be the voices alongside of it and it's going to be awfully special. Donnie, uh, no stranger to Hornet football. He videoed all last year due to the COVID pandemic. Um, the Hornets chose to uh, video stream their games last year due to a lot of people not getting out. Um, and so he was along for that ride a year ago. So he circled this game as well, cleared off his calendar date and made sure he didn't take any any work other than the Hornets work on uh, Friday night, uh, October 22nd. And so he'll be along with us. The link uh, to that video stream will be on Diamond Productions Facebook page um, as well as our Talking Ball Y'all uh, Facebook page as well and so it'll be out there uh, in the social media realm if our listeners from Columbia uh, are listening into this podcast this week if you get on Twitter or get on to Facebook um, you'll be able to find this uh, link to the game and um, you know we've encouraged everyone to show up and then they can uh, it'll be archived, and they'll be able to watch it back uh, in some form or fashion. And so we're encouraging them, if uh, if you can't make it to the game, it's certainly going to be a cool way to, to consume this game. It'll be like sitting at home watching um, some form of collegiate football broadcast. And so it'll be unique. I, lo- I look for it. I think there'll be plenty enough people that are going to pack this place out uh, on Friday night. We know the Hornet Nation will show up. And uh, for all intents and purposes, Columbia, just a rabid, fan base that gave us the late great Walter Payton and so they know football as well as anybody um, you and I have a special place in our heart over in that city we covered high school football in that town we know what it's like we know the passion they have for it and uh, Friday night's going to be truly truly special should be a lot of fun JB I just to say we can't wait man we've worn that out but we truly uh, cannot wait to have the coverage for our listeners and viewers on Friday night. Uh, should be a classic there in Popperville. Thank you, JB, for your time, man, and, and look forward to listening to your interview later in this episode with head coach Jay Beach. Hey, absolutely looking forward to it. Cannot wait till Friday. Thanks, my man. With fall and cooler weather just around the corner, there's no better time to head out to Brothers in Arms. It's Hattiesburg's premier outdoor gun range. It is located at 4657 Highway 49 South. Whether you're a new shooter or an experienced one, all are invited to shoot on the safe and family-oriented range. Go check them out and inquire about their annual memberships, hourly rates, as well as their training classes they offer. Once again, that's Brothers in Arms Outdoor Range at 4657 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And remember, always keep your sights pointed downrange. Johnson Farms and Meat Market features all Angus beef steaks for incredible flavor. They also serve cooked brisket and top quality deli meats, including pork, beef, and chicken. Beef packages are available too. Shop online at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of Highway 11 and North High in Picayune. Johnson Farms and Meat Market, where quality beef begins. 
We are excited now to be joined by the head coach of the DeSoto Central Jaguars, um, Coach Mark Mahanahan. And Coach, thanks for uh, taking time for the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to chat. Coach, you've had uh, great success in your own right there. Three state championships on the 6A level here in our fine state of, of Mississippi. Um, but today, I guess we're going to refer to you as Austin Riley's former head coach. Does that work for you today? Yeah, absolutely. Coach, how cool is it to be able to see um, the way that Austin has performed, particularly in this series, but really throughout uh, this 2021 year? Oh, it's, it's really special. It is. I mean, it couldn't, couldn't happen to a better better human being and uh you know he's you know was always a special special player and and we knew you know he was gonna have a bright future in the game uh and it's just kind of to see it happen and uh, see it happen at this level and uh and the, you know in playoff baseball it's just uh it, it's amazing just truly surreal coach when you look at it y'all retired austin's number back in february uh, kind of tell our listeners, maybe not uh, quite as familiar with your program there, what what led to that and kind of how that set up and how cool it was to have Austin Riley there to be able to do that. Yeah, well, you know, obviously that's always a, that's a big deal. Um, you know, it's a situation really where you you don't really have the opportunity to retire somebody, you know, unless someone passes or uh, or. You know, someone in Austin's case kind of you know makes that leap to uh, you know to major league baseball, and uh, you know we, we we were ready to retire. At, you know, heck, I, I was ready to retire his sophomore year. Uh, <laughs> you know, when he did get drafted, we knew it, we knew it was going to happen. And we actually, you know, uh, myself and administration, we kind of started talking about it. Uh, but just to tell you a little bit about how Austin is, and you know, when we first kind of presented it to him, um, and this was. You know, prior to his actual call up, you know, he was real hesitant, and, and uh, he just really felt like he, he wanted to to establish himself and, and to to kind of really get that call up to the big leagues. And even when he did that, um, yeah, he, he still felt like he needed to kind of you know you know make his mark and solidify himself before we actually uh, you know went forward with it. Well, you know, once he once he did that, uh, you know, and uh, in the all season of uh, you know, after the the uh, the twenty season, uh, you know, we talked about it again, and 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 he was you know, truly humbled, and you know, we we were able to set a date there, and uh, you know, uh, early February before you know he was gonna you know be uh, be ready to report, and uh, and it was it was a special day, uh, you know, it's an honor, honor him, and you know, had, a, had a great crowd, you know, his entire family, everybody was there, and just we made a real real special event, you know, because he. He really did deserve that, and it was a, it was an awesome thing to have happen. Coach, looking back into your background a little bit, it looked like you played some shortstop and maybe um, some third base. How impressed, and, and you can tell our listeners the development maybe, uh, with his glove and his arm and the way that he plays a gold glove caliber uh, third base in the major leagues and, and you know how he developed uh, to be that type of player. Yeah, well, that, that is the, the one thing that always got overlooked. Um, really, uh, even at the high school level, was just how good he was uh, defensive and how athletic he was. Uh, you know, there's, 
you know, no doubt, you know, he, he could have been a, you know, a longer major league catcher. Um, if, if he wanted to solidify himself at that position, he did catch, uh, you know, early on. And, um, you know, he obviously got kind of projected as a, as a third baseman, and that's where he really solidified himself for the majority of his high school career. And I uh, was even able to, to move him to, uh, to shortstop, you know, his, his senior year. So the majority of his inning, you know, uh, you know, his senior year, we're, we're all at shortstop and, uh, you know, and on the mound. So he, he was able to make that transition, uh, you know, just, he's just so, so athletic and, and, uh, you know, just works, you know, tirelessly, you know, at, you know, at his craft. And, uh, it was not a surprise, you know, uh, for him to, uh, to be an elite defender, you know, at, uh, at the next level. And I think he really showed his athleticism when he was, called up and, and and he was he was a left fielder uh yeah. i think uh he, he's told the story that he's he's played like one inning of outfield when he was 12 or 13 and his dad threw him out there um and so for him to literally have you know just some reps in spring training uh and very limited and then get a call up and, and play in left field you know, you know, in, in the major leagues was, I mean, it spoke volumes of his, you know, his sheer athleticism and his, you know, his work ethic to be able to learn the spot. But, uh, you know, he'll tell you, I mean, third, third base is what is his home and, and what he feels comfortable doing. And, uh, you know, to see him have the success there is really not a surprise at all. Uh, it is, for, you know, a lot of the, the media and the other people that, uh, you know, are always, critical of everything, but, uh, you know, not a surprise at all. Just an absolute elite defender. So, Coach, your major league team, uh, maybe a fan or, or who you pull for, is it the Braves or do you have a, another club you pull for? It, it is 100% uh, the Braves, but I'll say this. I, I've, I've always I've grown up a, a Cleveland Indians fan. Uh, just, you know, being an influence myself, I, 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 I was fell in love with, you know, Omar Vizquel and, 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 you know, Robbie Alomar there in the middle. And, uh, and I've always, I've always followed them. And I guess you could say I wasn't a true fan because I couldn't tell you their lineup now. But since Austin has been, been called up, I am 100% just a diehard Braves fan and, uh, you know, uh, you know, love watching that club. How crazy has it been the past uh, two ball games to to watch this high level kind of chess match between uh, the two managers and and just to see the way these have ended and of course Riley right in the middle of of both of them but particularly two nights ago the night that he had. Oh yeah, it's truly special. It's the entire you know Major League Baseball playoffs and all the series and you know and, and you know across both uh, you know both divisions and division series and the. Uh, uh, ALCS and ALCS, everything's been super, super exciting. And, you know, that's really all, you know, when come October, I'm all about baseball. I, I could care less about what's going on in, in college football or anything. I'm, I'm wrapped up into it. And to see Austin do what he's, do what he's doing in these, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, game one and game two has been just, yeah, it's been amazing. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, all, all he's concerned with is, is, is Coach, when you have a guy that's performed at, at this level, for a high school coach, they've got to be few and far between, you would think, 
and then your program on the map with uh, Blaze Jordan coming out and what he was able to do at the home run derby and then being uh, drafted in the third round. Man, you've got to kind of sit back and you've uh, put some skins on the walls with those state championships and then uh, super high winning percentage there. But you're in a pretty fortunate place to have some really good players uh, roll through your program. Your kind of perspective on being the head guy there at DeSoto Central. Oh, just truly humbled, uh, honestly, uh, you know, and, and blessed. Uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, Blaze and, uh, you know, and Austin, I mean, those are those are two guys uh, that, uh, you know, that, that get all the attention. And, uh, and you know, those two guys are unreal teammates uh, to so many others that uh, help them be successful. And uh, and they all come from great families. You know, they're, 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 you know important things uh We appreciate you letting us steal some of your time and your unique perspective on this. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Coach. At Owen Law Firm, our clients trust us to provide the highest quality legal counsel to achieve the best possible client outcomes. We are committed to understanding our clients and their goals and bring skill and experience to achieve success for them. Located in Popperville, Mississippi, but serving all Central and South Mississippi, our firm's offices are easy to find and accessible to our clients. Call Jansen Owen at 601-746-5201. That number again is 601-746-5201. Jansen Owen. Welcome back, everybody, to the Talking Ball Y'all podcast tonight. We appreciate you joining us as I'm Jason Baker visiting with the head coach of the Poplarville Hornets, Jay Beach, who uh, has maybe the game arguably in the entire state of Mississippi. All eyes on the state will be in Poplarville on Friday night. And uh, Jay, first, let's start there. Um, you know, you found yourself in some big ball games over the years, multiple state titles. Uh, you've hosted South State Championships in the Hornets' Nest, but um, one could argue that you've not seen a district game quite this big, uh, maybe in your tenure. Just uh, your thoughts of maybe getting um, all the attention and uh, the eyes of the state watching upon Poplarville, Mississippi on Friday night and what you anticipate that being like. 
Yeah, this it's a huge game. I know uh, it'll rank up there as one of the uh, you know highly anticipated games in, in district in, in my tenure. I know uh, in 2014, uh, Saint Stanislaus was number one ranked team in 4A, and we went to their place and beat them uh, in district play. And that was a huge game, uh, but it wasn't that big because we weren't ranked so high this year. Uh, a lot of places have Columbia one, us maybe three, two or three. Depends on what poll you look at. So uh, two highly ranked teams in four A, and uh, you know it should be a great environment. When the schedule came out, I guess back in the early spring. Um, I think if if you're a follower of Mississippi high school football and you knew what was going to take place in District 7-4A, uh, you circled this date um, and, and paid attention to it. How difficult has it been to stay focused on the task at hand week by week and maybe over the last couple weeks for your ball club, kind of knowing that essentially there would be a game that would culminate that would be so big uh, like this Friday night, how difficult has it been over the last couple of weeks? Maybe to not necessarily for you, but maybe from your your team's perspective of staying focused at the task at hand. Well, uh, yeah, I think our coaches and our team have done a good job of focusing week by week. Uh, but now our fans and our parents and everybody else—it's uh, been when do y'all play Columbia? It's the last, probably uh, since first game of the year. Uh, questions: When do y'all play Columbia? So. Um, that's hard to, to not get distracted when that's, when that's why you're here from your fans and, and, and parents and community. And uh, I don't blame them. You know, Columbia's a great football team, and it's going to be exciting when they come to our place. Let's talk about your offense first, uh, famous for the, the wing tee that it runs and, and the way that you execute it. This year's wing tee offense, uh, I think both Clay and I have – tried to kind of make this perceived, but it's certainly one of the more balanced backfields you've had. I'm counting four players with over 35 plus carries on the year. Uh, Maurice Travis leads you with 735 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. But then you got a, a kid like Avon Jarvis, 60 plus carries, 500 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, and then of course you returned a, a All-Stater and DJ Richard Bay and an All-Stater and Tyron Holston. Um, how balanced is this backfield, and uh, is that sort of its strength that, that there may be not just one necessarily home run hitter in the backfield? Yeah, definitely. This year we have a very balanced backfield. I, I feel very comfortable with each one of those guys receiving the ball and running the ball. They're all very talented. And like you said, in years past, uh, there may have been some years in the past where we did have a, have a guy that stood out more than the others, and uh, and this year, you know, I think they're all equal. I, I, I don't, you know, prefer getting one guy the ball over the other. I, I like getting all of the ball. They can all do good things when they get it. When you look to your other side of the ball, this defense has certainly garnered uh, the attention, and rightfully so. I mean, you've got an SEC commit uh, in defensive end, Khalid Moore, um, and then you've got just some really, really talented kids around him as well. Ahmad Harmons, Mark Wills, a guy in Chase Dare who started at nose tackle almost every game for you a year ago. He's now your defensive tackle. Uh, Nikhil Trotter's back there. you got a leader in the secondary in Riley Passman. Overall, and we'll get to a couple of those individuals in a moment, but overall, 
to this point, how pleased are you with your defense? And maybe speak to the level of play that, that you hope to see them play on Friday night. Yeah, overall, I've been very pleased with defense, for, for sure. Um, we played at a high level. Our defensive line and linebacker play has been at a high level. Our secondary was our question mark coming into the year, and we've been a work in progress. And But that's probably our most improved group of all of our groups is our secondary. And we're finding the right fits for some guys back there. And uh, over the past few weeks, they've done a really good job. And, you know, we're – we feel really confident in all three phases of our defense now at the D-line, linebacker, and the secondary group. I had some friends from North Mississippi text me today, and uh, they're obviously going to pay attention to Friday night. They're watching because of uh, their interest in Mississippi State and Khalid Moore obviously committed there. But I told them, I said, you know, if, if they watch the video stream of the game, Ahmad Harmon's going to jump off the tape as much as Khalid. Uh, what, did, what maybe has made Ahmad – be the type of player that he is and did y'all sort of see this coming i know he he wound up with an injury his junior year in the early part of the season really kept him out then he played but i don't know that he played quite to this level like he's doing right now for the hornets uh did y'all see this maybe in the summer that hey this guy's fixing to bust out onto the scene uh, we, we had hope that he would. We knew he had that potential. Uh, as a sophomore, he showed potential and really didn't get to to show much his junior year because he fought an injury all year. But then this off season, he really got to was full go and got to train and weight train and 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 then train with us in the summer. And uh, you know, he's a good size kid and he can run fast and that kind of sticks out on film. And then, but he's also real, uh, very smart. And, uh, and he's also a good leader. He wants to win more than anything. Uh, and so that makes for a great Mike Lineback. I know you've coached some guys on the offensive side that, that you could say would just alter game plans. Austin Bolton, kid like a running back like Chase Shears. But have you ever coached a kid defensively like a Khalid Moore that – um, you know, for the people that are listening into this podcast that may not listen to Hornet football every Friday or even come watch Hornet football every Friday. I mean, this is a kid that teams are schematically trying to get away from. Um, he's affected the passing game more this year with pass deflections. Uh, in your perspective, being the head coach of him, um, what, what have you seen from Khalid through eight games so far? And um, have you ever seen one kind of alter an opponent's game plan like this from the defensive position. Yeah, he's uh, he's very disruptive to say the least. Um, he's, he's hard to get your hands on him. Um, you know, he's he's real wiry uh, and tough to really get a good block on. And then when you do get a chance to, to square him up and block him, he's stronger than you may think and can hold his ground and play a run real well too. So it's kind of hard to run at him and. It's, and you have to make sure you protect well when you pass because he's hard to block. When you as well, when you look at the tape on Columbia, Jay, what what stands out to you from Chip Builderback's club? Uh, just their speed really stands out. They got tremendous team speed and speed kills. We all know that. Uh, if there was any attribute you could ask for. In a football team, if you were a coach, you would want speed, and he's got that, plenty of it. Um, you know, and then Danny Dalton, he's not just 
Stevie has also got size and strength to go along with it. He's got a good size of line. That's your, I mean, you know, about their decent new line. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's got the total package over there, and and they're well coached and well disciplined and have a good plan and good scheme. So, all that together uh, make a very formidable opponent. Final question for you as we speak with Jay Beach, the head coach of the Popperville Hornets on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. As we take this, it's Tuesday afternoon of game week against Columbia. How much are you relying on the experience that you've played in so many big games with this group? I mean, with these kids um, in relying on that to kind of pace yourself for the week. And are those big games important in how you handle a week like this? I mean, uh, obviously you get media requests, but I would imagine for this week, um, they probably grow exponentially more uh, with all that uh, everybody's paying attention. So how much will you utilize your past experience and how to manage a game week uh, leading up to a big game into this Friday? Uh, yeah, it helps to play in a lot of big games. Uh, it helps to have uh, gone through a week where you have more media exposure than normal. It helps to have gone through all that. Um, it's also a, a blessing to go through all that. It's, it's a great, a great uh, experience for our town and our community to be in this situation, to have a game of this magnitude played at our field. Uh, we, we've taken it all in, and we uh, are going to make the most out of it and enjoy every minute of it. And, you know, win or lose will be a great experience for us, and we're going to try to do everything in our power to win. Um, but... We know we talk about to our team all the time. Uh, you can't put any pressure on yourself. All you can do is is uh, just play it one play at a time. All right, uh, that's Jay Beach, the head coach of the Poplarville Hornets. Jay, appreciate uh, your time, and uh, certainly uh, it's always uh, so precious to us on the Talking Ball Y'all podcast when you give it to us. Jay, thank you so much. All right, thank you guys. Uh huh. That, that's our head coach. That's Jay Beach on the Talking Ball Y'all. Poplarville uh, podcast, if you will, and uh, featuring this Poplarville versus Columbia uh, ball game on Friday night, featuring two SEC commits on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, he's coaching one of his own, and a Khalid Moore who's committed uh, to Mississippi State on the other side, the defensive tackle, Jaheim Otis, uh, the defensive tackle who's committed to Alabama uh, for chip builder back in the Columbia Wildcats. We'll have more of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast when we return.